everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 385. And tonight, oh my goodness, what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about the season finale of season two of Loki. And I am sitting here with my honey whiskey because I have just finished watching the episode again. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they did a good job. I was so impressed with everything they did. Oh yeah, I mean, there is sticking the landing and then there is that. And and yeah. I didn't expect any of that at all. Nope, nope, nope. Okay, so right from the beginning, um, we have the Marvel intro, but it's all done backwards. It's kind of starts with the Marvel thing and then goes back through the traditional thing. And there's this cool, weird music playing. Almost sounds like the Marvel theme backwards, but not quite, but still very cool. So Loki manages to time skip himself back to the moment before Timely gets himself spaghettified. And he mm-hmm. sees that happening. And then he asks um, Ouroboros, what could we have done differently? And Ouroboros says, I, that's a good question. We weren't fast enough. So Loki is like, okay, again, faster. And then oh, yeah. we run through it over and over and over again. Oh, and poor Victor Timely is getting spaghettified over and over again. When that first started, I don't know about you, but when it first started, I just had this moment. I was like, Oh, no, it's a Groundhog Day scenario. Those things are exhausting. They are, and they freak... It was very fun. They freak me the hell out. And this Mm. move... This episode did that brilliantly because it is... I mean, you and I have had nightmares that not like this scenario, but this kind of feeling. And it's just really hard to do effectively and they did a great job and it was just like part of it was a little madcap because it had it's when Loki says again for the first time you hear Beethoven's fifth the opening notes da 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 that gets started but then it's a jazzy version of it going over and over and you know behind it as he's running through the scenario over and over and nothing's working he keeps trying to rush timely through to get him down there to get down the gangplank faster and faster and nothing's working. So he's like, not faster, earlier. And then he jumps back in time a little further. Yes, he's in the room where Miss Minutes and Ravona are talking, or I think it's Miss Minutes and Ravona are talking to Timely, and he bursts through the doors. He's like, Miss Minutes, I know you're hurt and you're angry, but we need your help finishing the throughput multiplier faster. And then it just jumps forward to where he's looking through the door as where Victor Timely has gone down the gangway, and you see him go, don't put the multiplier down! Damn. Again. (laughs) (laughs) And he just, he jumps even further back to where Victor Timely is being introduced to Ouroboros, and Loki is just running them through their introduction really, really fast in the background. You hear Sylvie go, Loki, why are you being so weird? (laughs) Finally, Loki asks Obi, how long will it take me to learn everything you know about mechanics, physics, and engineering? And after a little back and forth, Obi finally says, decades, and Timely says, centuries, and you just kind of see Loki's face for a minute. And then you see the little timestamp thing popping up on the screen that normally tells you where and when you are. And it says centuries later. And my notes say, oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. But there is this really great scene with Loki right after that where he's running everybody through the room as things are happening. But he is being so efficient with every single thing that he says. And he finally, like, gets timely to go downstairs and he tells him, watch the first step, trip hazard. One more thing, do not set the multiplier down or it will roll off the gangway. And my notes here say, oh God, he's done this so many times. I'm freaking out. Do not like. Oh God, God. And there's like all of this techno babble that Tom Hiddleston just delivers 
brilliantly. And at one point, Timely says, all of this seems a bit rushed. And Loki says, only for you. Trust me, you stop, you die. I'm like, yikes. (laughs) So we get to see Timely go out down the gangplank, he's getting blasted by the time radiation, but he's not dying, and he just struggles his way through, and I'm waiting for him to get spaghettified the entire time, because at least one of the times when Loki was running through it over and over again, you saw Victor Timely manage to get a few extra steps out the door and then get spaghettified, so I kept expecting that, and of course, the effects are beautiful, that lovely rainbow effect of time radiation blasting Victor the whole time. He manages to get the thingamabob into the whatchamacallit and you know after a couple of extra times because Loki is just being so calm as he's talking to him on the intercom you can tell he's said these things many many times you're doing great you're doing so good (laughs) like do not put it down I told you don't put it down and like the button sticks a little bit so he manages to get it fired off and it works and Tom Hiddleston just sells how delighted and relieved Loki is. He's like, it's working. It's actually working. Come on back. Like, not only does he want this to work, he wants Victor Timely to survive it and get back to the TVA behind the blast doors. So, and he's just, I mean, everybody's cheering. It's working. And Victor Timely gets in and they're all so happy. And I'm go here going, oh, how is this going to go wrong? You know, right in the middle of all the celebration, you hear Obi's voice, wait. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, God. And yeah, the loom is overloading again. And as it turns out, there's just too many branches. And I love, I mean, Loki is just devastated. And then you see Timely, who's sitting there. He's finally realized what's happening. He says, the branches of time are duplicating and expanding at an infinite rate. It's a scaling problem. You can't scale for infinite. It's like trying to divide by zero. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. So... Yeah, the loom is just always going to fail. And then Sylvie says, it's like me killing he who remains means that this was always going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm just... Now, the one problem I have with this episode is the problem that I've had with the entire series. I still do not understand the cause and effect from when the timelines start branching and what the loom does and what the consequences are. Because it's like, yeah. it's like did, did the, didn't the branching start before he who remains was killed? And like, or is his death what causes the war with the destruction of the loom, which then this comes up afterwards, does that mean all of the branching timelines get destroyed? Or does that, and it's just, ugh. So it's, it's so confusing to figure out what the consequences are, but I'm going to go with it because the episode's just this good. Yeah, at that point, I'm just I'm like, okay, fine, because reasons. I think one of my only problems with this episode is a same problem that I've had this entire time. You see Loki, and he zips into the tower at the end of time where he who remains is, and he's basically trying to get Sylvie to stop killing him. And it's just over and over. Fight, fight, fight. And he keeps on not being able to. And she keeps stabbing him. And he does everything to convince her. Absolutely everything. And there is nothing that he can say to get her to not do it. And I'm like, but why? She's not an idiot. Why will she never, ever listen to him? Because every single time, he never actually stops her from killing him. No, I mean, over and over again, she'll get past him and you'll see Loki and you'll hear in the background the sound of he who remains, see you soon, over and over again. And I think part of it is that 
I don't think she trusts herself, so she knows she can't trust Loki because they're Lokis. So she's just yeah. not going to believe him. She hasn't seen the timelines getting destroyed. She still thinks that he's trying to get a throne or that he's yeah. been suckered in by Timely. No, sorry, suckered in by He Who Remains. Or, you know, best case scenario, she still thinks that he's doing the pragmatic thing of we've got to save some people to avoid billions of people dying. And she's never going to go for that, ever. It's interesting what you said about how at one point she throws that in his face and says, you've been seduced by the throne. And he says, the last thing I want is a throne. And I'm like, after the second watch of this, I'm like, oh, Oh, some foreshadowing. Boy. But then she also says, if you want me to stop, you'll have to kill me. Boy, I got nervous when she said that. I, I sure like, oh, did. Oh, dear. I got in my notes here. Please, God, don't go there. Boy. And so he's so irritated. At one point, he just sort of like looks over his shoulder at He Who Remains and says, why do you never try to stop or do something? Fight back. And He Who Remains takes his little device up on his desk and kind of flicks it at her, and she freezes in place. And he looks at Loki and says, so... How many times have you been at this? And I thought, oh, God, no. So, yeah, yeah, he talks with Loki. He knew that Loki was going to be able to time skip because he arranged for that to happen. So now we know why Loki has been able to skip through time like this, because this is just one more thing that he who remains has set in place to keep himself from dying or to make sure that he always comes back to this point. Yep. 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 And he kind of sneers at Loki a little bit. At one point he says something like, so you haven't figured out how to pause time yet? I thought you would have figured that out a long time ago. And uh, so this isn't the first time we've had this conversation, is it? And he's like, kiddo, did you think I was going to let her kill me and that'd be it? And so, yeah, he's just has all of this all set in place. Loki is completely disgusted and quotes a little bit of poetry at him at some point. I like how he who remains sort of looked at him and said, uh, okay, so this is a lot for you. Why don't you go through this <laughs> oh, a few thousand more times, get your bearings, and let me know when you're ready to have a conversation. And he flicks the thing, and Sylvia appears again, and he unpauses her. And Loki points in the air, and time pauses. And he says, what makes you think this is the first time we've had this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> so he who remains says, okay, you're having problems with the loom, I suppose. And Loki says, scaling problem. And he remains, says, hmm, scaling problem. That's what Timely told you? No. And he says, it's not a scaling problem. Apparently, the temporal loom was always the failsafe. Yep. It was designed that if things start branching, it will eventually overload and destroy all of the other timelines except for the sacred timeline. So the TVA getting destroyed was just collateral damage. I mean, that wasn't the plan. And it, it does, I mean, it goes back to this whole consequences thing. I do wonder what exactly was the point of the loom in the first place was the loom creating the timelines because it sure seems afterwards like you know destroying the loom means the timelines die anyway all of them do so i don't know how far back all of this was done if there's something about the timelines being created in an uncontrolled matter means that they wither and die maybe that's it i suppose i'm just sort of wondering yeah what's the point of the tva if the loom was always and i guess maybe it's just the tva 
keeps things all nice and tidy because the more timelines get created, the more chance that you will have more of Kang the Conqueror's variants coming out there. And maybe he figured it's better to keep the timeline consistent as much as possible. But oops, if it happens to go crazy, well, the loom will take care of it and the TV will be destroyed and he'll rebuild it. And he tells Loki the outcome to this equation remains the same you lose. And Loki says, I know. And then he says, I'll change the equation. I'll break your loom. And he who remains says, but the loom prevents a brutal war where nothing survives. Every moment of peace you've ever had was because I was here alone at the end of time. Again, I'm not entirely sure how that works. I guess because he was there, it wasn't the loom. Is it he who remains? Is it the loom? What's causing all this? I don't know. Just move on. Yeah, yeah. So... He tells Loki, and he brings, you know, the paused image of Sylvie back, and he tells her, you can destroy the loom and cause a total war where nothing survives, including the sacred timeline, or you can kill Sylvie. And I I thought for a second that that was what was going to happen, and Loki is, like, walking up to Sylvie, and he's looking at her, and then he time skips, and he's back in the interrogation room. And this is one of the things that he had time skipped to accidentally at one point, but now he's in the point of the interrogation from the first episode of the first season where he's talking to Mobius, and Mobius is just about to start the conversation where he starts showing elements of Loki's life and Loki time skips into that point and he tells Mobius to stop and then he knows what's going to happen and he repeats exactly what Mobius is about to do and Mobius is like ah looks like somebody got a hold of the set list how are you doing this (laughs) but he finally says you know Mobius I need your help how do you choose who lives and dies? And Mobius says, no, 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 we prune people. And Loki's basically like semantics, whatever. But he says, you know, how how do you choose? And Mobius says, it's the proper flow of time. And Loki says, well, what comfort is that? And Mobius says, comfort? There's no comfort in the TVA. And then he tells Loki a story. About two hunters who went to prune a variant that was going to lead to the death of 5,000 people that weren't supposed to die. But when they get there, the variant is an eight-year-old boy. And he's minding his own business. He's swimming with his brother. He's not doing anything wrong. And for the first time, that hunter pauses because he'd never had a problem with pruning anything before, but he pauses and he was just long enough for the timeline to start branching and for more variants to appear. And his partner prunes the little boy finally, but by that point it's too late and a couple more hunters die and it all goes pear-shaped. And it was the lesson that he had to learn that you always have to keep the bigger picture in mind. Yep, because Loki had said something about burdened with glorious purpose and Mobius does say there's more purpose, what is it? Most purpose is more burden than glory. And Loki asks him, how do you live with it? And Mobius says, scar tissue. And then Loki says, whatever happened to your partner? And he says, oh, things worked out fine for her. She actually became a judge. She's the reason why you're not dust floating in the TVA air vents. And Loki says, Renslayer. So, of course, yes. it was that was what she was referring to about, I'm always cleaning up your messes. Yeah, and... Once again, I think some people probably saw that coming. I didn't. I even liked the fact that he always talked about his partner and Loki asked, and it wasn't until Mobius said, oh, she was fine. I thought, I did that thing again. I'm always assuming that his partner was a guy. Yeah, same here. I love that. So the the most... (sighs) Mobius tells Loki that 
Renslayer knew how to make the difficult choice, not the difficult one, the impossible one, because it was the only one that you could make. And oh my God, Tom Hiddleston looks up and he just looks absolutely bereft. And Mobius says, there's no comfort. You just choose your burden. And I'm thinking, oh God, no. And so Loki says, thank you, Mobius. And he stands up and he holds out his hand and Mobius stands up and they shake hands. And then Mobius starts spaghettifying and the whole room starts spaghettifying. And I know this has got to have been an homage to the um, the Pink Floyd album cover, Wish You Were Here. I was just thinking the yep. same thing. I knew that looked familiar. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it's reversed, but it's the one where two people are shaking hands and one of them's bursting into flames. But yeah, I mean, yeah. the aspect ratio that they have for this episode with the whole letterbox thing and the two of them, oh. I mean, that shot was just brilliantly set up. So beautiful. Gorgeous. But the entire room spaghettifies and Loki is left standing in the pitch dark void, which is quite an image. Yeah. And then he suddenly appears and he's back in Obi's warehouse just as Mobius is running for the door and disappears. Uh, B-15 is freaking out. She disappears and he's standing in front of Sylvie and Sylvie's saying there's nowhere left to go. And Loki pauses time. And he tells her that he finally learned to control time slipping. He tells her the loom's only there to protect the timeline and nothing else. And he says, I'm out of options, Sylvie. The only way, and she says, is if I never killed in the first place, so you have to kill me. And I am extremely nervous at this point. And she just kind of laughs a little bit, and she walks up to him, and she's smiling. And I like the picture of the two of them facing each other. He's so tall. He's really, really tall. But she's still smiling, and she says, I'm not going to give you my blessing if that's what you're expecting. And I thought, I just, her expression changes from smiling to absolutely stern just in that one sentence, which I was, I was very glad because I thought she was going to tell him something that would make him feel better about doing that. No, she's not hearing that at all. No, no, no. And he says, you know, what do I do? It's a sacred timeline or nothing. And that's when she says it's not just enough to protect the sacred timeline. There's so much injustice in the universe, in the world, whatever. Do you want to be the God that takes away everyone's free will in order to protect that? What good is free will if everyone's dead is Loki's response, which I'm like, that's very, very apt. And she says, who are you to say that we can't die trying? Who are you to say that we can't die fighting? You're replacing one nightmare with another. And that's when Loki blinks. Yeah. And she says she's grown up in apocalypses, and she knows sometimes it's okay to destroy something. And Loki says, if there's a hope, you can replace it with something better. Yep. And he makes his time slip gesture again, and he's back to when Timely's up in the, the big room where they are by the loom and hasn't started going down the stairs. And Loki goes down the stairs, and before anybody can stop him, he closes himself up in the airlock area right outside where they go out to, you know, the terrible radiation and everything. And, okay, so Mobius and Sylvie are at the door, the airlock, and they're trying to get him to open the door. And he looks back and he looks so sad. I mean, this whole time when he appeared up at the top of the steps and he's just looking around at everybody, just like he's taking one last look. And he looks through the window and he says, I know what I want. I know what kind of God I need to be for you, for all of us. (sighs) So he opens the doors and walks out. And as he, you know, kind of gets blasted by the radiation for a second and does the the traditional like hair flip back. He's always doing that. I think it's great. 
but he starts walking down the gangway and the radiation starts to strip away his clothes but it's replaced by i guess it's the journey into mystery outfit yep yep i recognize that it was a, the probably the most common outfit that the character wore in that yep 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 and but after a couple moments radiation still pounding away at him and the two loki horns grow up and it's just whoa it's so amazing and he holds his arms up and green fire blasts out and he screams and he blows up the loom and everything is just strands like dead strands of timeline and I, everyone watching from the control room are like the the timelines are dying and loki yeah. reaches out and grabs one and he kind of shakes it and a little bit of like green flame goes through it and then he lets go and then it dies so he grabs he starts grabbing timelines and hanging on to them and just like powering green fire through them and it starts zipping all around and all of the timelines start coming to life and then they open up this glowing portal in the clouds out in space somewhere and then Loki reaches out one foot over open air and steps down and like a transparent step just appears under his feet and he starts marching up the steps he does like look back at Sylvie one last time and just ugh it's just my heart ah so he's climbing and grabbing strands and climbing and grabbing and there's all of this dramatic music that's going on and in the distance he can actually see a throne so all that foreshadowing before it's right there here's the throne and he he vanishes through the glowing portal and you see everybody in the control room and sylvie just kind of smiles and she said he's giving us a chance and everything goes black and then suddenly you see Loki and he's marching through the portal up the stairs, dragging all of these green strands behind him. And the music, the Loki theme music is just brilliant here. There is this amazing image just as he walks up towards the throne and you see him just standing in front of the throne holding all of these strands. And it's so dramatically posed. It's really just perfect. And you see behind the throne, it's the tower window from He Who Remains, but mm-hmm. it's all completely busted up. It's just the throne's there, but the rest of the tower's been destroyed. It's just Loki and the strands and the throne. And he, he drags all of the timelines around with him with this sweeping motion, and he sits down in the throne, and he grabs the two handfuls of timelines that he's got in his fist, and forces them together and there's this explosion and everything just kind of zips into this green flowing light and then you pull back and is i don't even know how to pronounce it i was just i've got it written down and i meant to look it up it starts with a y it's got a lot of g's in there igrisil idrisil the tree of life from norse mythology oh i just love beautiful image hanging out there in space with all of the timelines flowing from the central tree and it's just like it's it's the balance between life and death and it's so gorgeous (laughs) and then there's this crash of music and then everything goes black and then you see the little time card flicker in there. It goes, after, dot. <laughs> oh, man. So you're back in the TVA, and 
everything seems so calm. I mean, at one point you see a poster and it's like one of those like weird fifties, you know, enthusiastic, you know, corporate posters, but it's the picture of the world tree and it's got the logo grow together. I'm like, Oh, brilliant. So you've got Hunter B-15 is kind of walking through and she happens to walk by Casey and OB and Miss Minutes appears and kind of like introduces herself and Hunter B-15 says, are you sure she won't? Obi says, try to kill us all. And he shrugs. She says, you're not really very reassuring. <laughs> oh, and you can see the TV screen where you would normally see the timeline. You can see it now, but the timeline is shaped like the world tree and it looks so mm. much more benign like this. Oh, it's wonderful. So Mobius there, he's looking thoughtful, and he hands B-15 this folder and says, I got the reports on the variants of He Who Remains. And she says, do any of them know we exist yet? And he says, nope, I guess one started a ruckus on a 616 adjacent realm, but they handled it. Ha ha, that was the Quantumania. That was Ant-Man. Yep, yep. I I read at least one recap that said, fortunately, this is the only time that movie has been mentioned in the series. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Don't want to hate on it, but the movie didn't really work very well. But anyway, so she leaves to go to the war room. It's interesting. She had told Casey, can you let them know in the war room that I'm coming? And he says, I'll do you one better. I'll save you a seat, which is just kind of like a nice little nod about what's going to happen in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So Mobius picks up a folder that has a little sticky note that says something like the, the variant folder that you were asked about. And he goes to the war room or outside of it, and he's looking up at the the Time Lords, the Timekeepers um, mm. murals that they used to have up there, which B-15 says that Casey's planning on getting those removed, but Mobius says, oh, well, it's a good reminder, you know, those that forget history, yada, yada, yada. Well, it turns out he's not going into the war room, he's leaving. And I love that he is allowed to, but that yeah. also B-15 tells him, if you want a seat in there, it's yours. So she's giving him the option to come back. Yeah, which is nice. And you know, they kind of say goodbye. She asks him if he's scared, and he says, of course he is. And then she smiles sadly and walks down the hallway and goes into the war room, and it is filled with people. It's so much more egalitarian now. We just see all these people who are all going to have a say in what happens from here on forward, which is lovely. It it all looks so peaceful, but we look around the room for a little bit, and then we go to... OB's room and he's opening up a box and it's the TVA official handbook second edition and no. if you pause you can see that Victor Timely has a writing credit on it which Aww. OB looks you know rather thoughtful as he's paging through that and you flash very quickly to that scene of Victor Timely as a young boy making candles and he suddenly looks around at the window and nothing happens, so he goes back to making his candles. So mm-hmm. I do wonder what happened to the Victor Timely variant that they brought to the um, the timeline. I wondered he, the same thing. He yeah, doesn't I get spaghettified. Um, I noticed when Loki came back for the last time, he wasn't holding Victor Timely's glasses when Victor Timely was putting his head in that little sensor thing, whatever. So it wasn't that final time when Loki had rushed everything through, but... It also was before Timely managed to get himself spaghettified. So he was still alive when Loki went ahead and did what he did with the uh, the loom and the timelines and everything. But we don't really know what happened to him after that. Maybe, I mean, we didn't see this, but because Victor Timely never got a hold of that book, he never became the Victor Timely that was there at 
the TVA, so I don't know, he disappeared, never existed, who knows? I don't know. Paradox. Paradox. So the next scene, I want to see if maybe you've got some more ideas. We see Ravona, and she's waking up in this dark place, and you see in the grass the same floor tile that Mobius had walked over, the one that says, I think, for all time, forever. Uh-huh. But it's clearly been overgrown and half destroyed and everything, so she's in the very far future. She did get pruned, so mm-hmm. she got sent there. She sees a pyramid, and then she sees this purple light in the sky. Is that the storm-like creation that was eating people up? Eliath. I'm pretty sure it was Eliath that she's seeing. Yeah, and then she looks up. She's kind of startled, and then she just kind of like glares forward. I'm like, well, of course she's going to face everything with that kind of grim determination that she did for the rest of the series. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So then we flash to the little house where the timeline version of Mobius is playing with his kids and having a good time and sending him inside for dinner and it pulls back and we see our Mobius is standing there watching them and Selvi walks up and they they chat a little bit about the yard and the house and everything and uh, Selvi says it's feels weird to not have Loki here and Mobius says yeah it does and he wants to know where she's going to go and she just kind of shrugs and asks him and he said I think I'm going to hang out here for a little while let time pass <laughs> and she I mean I, I like the fact that he was he was staring forward but then you see her hand just come up to his shoulder and like give it a little squeeze and then walk away which feels like a real transformation for her character too yeah it does So the music starts, and then things kind of fade to black. But then when it comes back, we see all the strands of the timeline, and we hear his words kind of echo for a couple moments. And we go through all these green strands of light, and we end at Loki's face. And he's hearing Mobius's voice, and he's still just kind of staring forward. And he smiles a little bit. And then we go to black, and that's it. That's the end of the series. That might possibly be the end of Loki's story in the Marvel Universe. Wow. I mean, there's always that talk about, you know, various characters... (laughs) for various reasons, are not going to be part of the Marvel Universe forever, so there has to be like an ending for them. I understand now. I haven't seen the final Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but as far as I know, they did sort of like end their story as well. So it's something that's going to happen, but it's always really sad when it happens. But yeah, I mean, Tom Hiddleston's a pretty sought-after actor at this point. He can't stay with Marvel forever, even if we want him to. I know. It's it's so difficult because I I don't want to not see Loki anymore. And I really wanted Loki to have a happily ever after. No. But at the same time, this is just such a perfect story arc. I mean, he he started in the first Thor movie willing to do anything to be seen as the beloved son. Like, you know, getting getting the throne, getting power. It was all some way to prove himself worthy of being loved in, in some bizarre way. And you get all the way to the ending, and he has finally found people that he cares about and he's willing to lose them and be alone forever in order to keep them safe like oh my god what a story ending man it's just and i wonder too because what is he doing he's keeping all the timelines alive but sylvie had said there's injustice in the world are you going to take away everybody's free will and protect that is he somehow also 
doing what he can to protect people, make lives better? We don't know. I don't know, because I, I got the idea that, you know, the sacred timeline, she was saying, it's not perfect. Why would you, like, rip away everyone's free will just for this one timeline where everything has to happen in a set way when it's still miserable? So, so when Sylvie said, he's giving us a chance, it, it felt like what she was saying was that now there would be more chances for everyone to make the choices that would lead to timelines that would actually survive to something that could be better. Everyone wasn't yeah. going to be trapped on just one timeline with one outcome. Right. That makes sense. I'm just bowled <sighs> over Gracious. by this. I feel yeah. like... Do you remember getting out of seeing Return of the Jedi for the very first time and feeling kind of sad? And it was part of it was I was sad for that oh that that Luke had reconciled with his father only for Darth Vader to die. And I was also sad that the story was over. And yet somehow the idea that the story had been resolved perfectly just had this very bittersweet feeling to me the whole time. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm feeling now. Yeah, yeah. I was so worried because this season has definitely not been as good as the first season, other than the fourth episode. Oh, my dear sweet Lord. But yeah, I was I was so worried that we were going to get to the end and it wasn't going to end with a good note, it was going to end on a clunk. So I was really very happy that it did not end on a clunk. Yes, it was a great way to wrap it up. Part of me hopes that this is done because I don't want Tom Hiddleston to be, get tired of having to play this character. Exactly. I, I never want the actors, I never want to think about the actors being miserable having to make this character that I love. Yes. So even though I was hoping that things would end happily for Loki and, you know, I did kind of ship him and Sylvie. I mean, I haven't shipped anyone else with Loki other than her. So they did a very good job of making that appealing to me because, you know, Loki's supposed to be mine. But <laughs> but it's just so I would have liked something like that. But this feels more true, I think. It yeah, yeah, it does. And it's really a redemption for him. A oh, my God. Redemption. So, so much of a redemption. And it also, I think this actually helps Marvel a little bit with this whole Jonathan Majors questions. Because oh, there's still this wonder about, is he a horrible person? Is he being railroaded? We don't know. If it turns out he's a horrible person, do you want to hang the entire next arc of the Marvel movies on his character? Well, they got options now. Yeah. Speaking of options, there's always the chance Thor has certainly had some arcs in the comic books as sort of old man Thor, a grown-up older Thor. So we could have Chris Hemsworth be that Thor at some point. But you also have Loki, who appeared in the first season as old man Loki. So we could have Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston come back to the Marvel Universe at some point, just as older versions of themselves. That'd be fine, too. That would be fine, too. We also Journey into Mystery was all about Loki as like an adolescent, which is they did an amazing job of creating that character. I mean, I, I love the very first journey into mystery, the artwork, the weird little story about Loki having to figure out this puzzle that was like hidden inside the guts of a magpie and a song by an elf. And so just like, oh, it was so 
appealing. And I think they could maybe do that. I think there's probably been people who have been clamoring for young Loki. And with the multiverse opened up in so many different ways, we could always have the various what-if universes. Which, by the way, how many of those what-if episodes did you ever watch? I think I watched um, up to just like two, maybe? It was the one where all the characters kept dying because it turned out the first Ant-Man was murdering everybody. I think that was as far as I got. Did you watch the Doctor Strange one? No, I didn't. I just watched that yesterday. Now, my biggest problem with the What If series is that I don't think the animation's very good. It's very CGI. It's very basic. Rotoscoped, I think it feels like. It may not be, but it feels like it. Yeah, just very stiff, especially in the faces. Well, there's a Doctor Strange episode, and the idea is instead of losing his hands, he lost his heart, where what's her bucket from the first movie that he was Mm -hmm. in love with? Yeah. She dies in an accident, and all of his attempts at becoming the Sorcerer Supreme are really to try and get her back. And it starts out fairly fine and then goes to a really interesting place and then kind of ends fairly fine, but not terrible. I I wish the animation was better, but certainly when things get crazy in that episode, the animation gets more interesting. But yeah, that might be something to watch. Okay. Yeah. Well, I still need to watch the one that has Loki as a frost giant. I mean, it's ridiculous that I haven't watched any of that. I know. I know. And I hear they might do a second season of the what if? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Loki. So anyway. Right. (sighs) That was it for the series. I'm really glad. I'm really sad. And now we're going to have to catch up with something else. What are we going to move on to now? I have no idea. Oh, I know what we're going to do because Laura Olympus has finally started up again. So I think next week is when the last episode that you and I read will become free. So we could go ahead and fast pass the next one and then talk about that. And then we would kind of be back on schedule, I think. Gracious. Oh, it's been so long. But she's back a little bit earlier than we thought she was going to be, right? Yeah, she because at first it looked like she'd added a lot more time. And then it suddenly like it jumped several, like it was supposed to be probably four weeks down the road. And then suddenly it was like two days from, you know, when I checked. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, me too. But I guess that is going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixeladygeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. As of time of this recording, I know Hugh sent me a message to say that his review of the Loki series is complete. Ooh. I'm sure he'll have some insights. He's read a lot more of the comics, I think, than we Good, have. yeah. I, I need yeah. to hear some more of that because... As much as I enjoyed Journey into Mystery, I think I only got halfway into it because they did like a crossover event that involved you having to have read some of the other titles in order to understand what's going on. And I hate when they do that. Sam, Sam, Sam. But anyway, all that and more, pixelatedgeek.com. So next week we might be talking about Laura Olympus. Can't wait. And probably do a little brief reference to Book of Boba Fett since I finally finished watching that. And maybe some episodes of the latest season of Mandalorian since maybe I'll watch that but maybe I won't because we're specific (laughs) anyway one way or the other we will talk to everybody in one week talk to y'all later
I maybe oh crap, hang on. Okay, I'm gonna have to uh, start a new and pause. Stop that. Let me try this again. New, 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 new. Wake up to the app. Wait eight minutes to start another free meeting. When did this begin? And wasn't it supposed to be an hour? Or wasn't it supposed to be a limited uh, meeting as long as it was only two people? When did they change that? Hello, hello. Hello, hello. hello. It works. Hello. It works. Yay. 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 All right. That's good. <laughs> okay. I, I left the thing recording this entire time. Me too. So you're going to have a fine. ton of uh, dead air to uh, take care of. Easy to cut out.